Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, the podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Warzniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can find it on the new Google Podcasts app, as well as on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play Music, and for iOS users, the Overcast app. Plus, if you still aren't aware, NHTE is available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California at the 2019 Winter NAM Show, my guests are at the heart of their hard rock band Paralandra. They have opened for Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Dokken. They have performed at South by Southwest and last year signed with Legend Recordings, subsequently releasing the Ascension EP. Their 2016 song, All Fall Down, debuted hitting number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. Three days from when we're recording this, they will perform at the fabled Whiskey A Go-Go in the greater Los Angeles area, and they also have dates scheduled in Oklahoma and Missouri. You've been hearing a song of theirs entitled Back to Life. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Paul and Cassandra from Paralandra. What is up? <laughs> Thanks for having us. How you doing? Great, great. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We're super excited. We were just playing a song of yours that I was talking over and that I know it doesn't necessarily clash the uh, track of yours that we were playing with the music in the background, but do take this opportunity to tell the listeners all about that song, Back to Life. Yeah, so Back to Life was a song that I wrote um, just about my own personal relationship with God. Um, I would never call myself like a super religious person, but it's coming from a point of view where, um, you know, I screw up. I'm a human being. You know, I make mistakes. But, you know, through everything that I do in my life and all the choices that I make, I know that he's always there for me and, that um, you know, he's got my back. So uh, it's just kind of about that you know, reassurance that I have. And I love that because I think that unless you're in the genre, the casual listener, the outsider, just the average music fan probably thinks that God can't be brought into hard rock. And in fact, you bring him into whatever genre you're writing in. Yeah. And you know, it can definitely be taken a multitude of ways. I have people that talk about this song meaning a lot to them, like uh, as it pertains to, to a relationship that they have with, you know, a family member or a significant other. I mean, I feel like it can really be taken a lot of different ways, but that's the perspective I wrote it from. So when you perform that song, I'm curious, it, every single time you're performing it, are you thinking, and this could go for any song, mind you, that you wrote, are you thinking in that performance what the song is about or is it, it just kind of becomes like a muscle memory and you're just singing? That's a good question. It's muscle memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few songs that really uh, get my blood pumping, and sometimes I definitely think about the meaning <laughs> while I'm singing it. But um, that's one where I'm just focusing on, uh, you know, hitting the right notes, being a good performer. Uh, it's a very high song, you know, so uh, it definitely expands my vocal range a lot, and so I'm mainly focusing on that. Well, in the early part of this conversation, we're going to talk to the listeners who have not yet been introduced to Paralandra because we have been fortunate enough to get listeners from 141 countries around the world listening to now hear this entertainment. So some of them are just hearing about the band for the first time. So for starters, 
maybe just introduce everybody who's in the band and who plays what, as well as where I'm going with this is, who writes all the music? Yeah, well, um, I'm Cassandra. I sing, <laughs> I play guitar, and here. Yeah, I'm Paul, and I do the guitar playing. I do some backup vocals live, though she's doing all the vocals on the recordings right now. For some reason, people think she sings better than me, so... You know, I'm just going with it. But, um, yeah, and I do a lot of the songwriting as well. And uh, But it's pretty much a tag team songwriting thing between me and Cassandra. We pretty much do all of it. Um, and then, of course, the other band members will throw things in and they'll, they'll um, suggest things that we aren't thinking of. And they help immensely in improving kind of our basic foundational songs. And uh, I, I found it very helpful to listen to your other band members. You know, they may not be songwriters or whatever, but, um, you know, it, it's great to get an outside view from someone else. I'll even have my wife come in once we've kind of come up with a song and have her listen to it. And um, Well, I would almost think in the case of the other band members that, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe they're contributing more about the melodies than the lyrics because they're thinking, I'm the one that's got to play this song over and over, Yes. Yeah, yeah, they do that, and uh, and sometimes we will do something that's almost like getting into a musical box, and uh, it's something that just kind of comes natural as a musician, and they will offer something like, well, instead of, uh, you know, just going 4-4 four, four on this section, let's just try something else. Uh, you know, a drummer may suggest going into a halftime feel, and we just try things. We never say no. I mean, that's one thing we've done from the beginning. It's like, you know, if anybody has has a thought, let's give it a shot. And it's been uh, just invaluable, honestly. Uh, once you get rid of the egos, it's amazing what you can do, for real. Yeah, I was going to say, it probably also helps the morale of the band that everybody feels they're part of the team because they are all being given an opportunity to contribute. It's Absolutely. N- it's, it's not, we got the songwriting, thank you, we'll let you know when we need you. Right, right. No, everybody's an equal member. It's kind of like Van Halen or whatever you know where we decided we want everybody to be an equal member of what's going on and uh, equally invested so yeah we're, we're proud of the whole group well and here's one of the cool things that i like about paralandra is that you're not just known for the songs themselves standing on their own for someone to go off and listen to at their own convenience you're known for the high energy on stage meaning that it's designed for people to not only enjoy sonically but visually to watch an actual show absolutely we decided from the very beginning and felt very strongly that when you go to hear live music you're not wanting to just put on headphones and listen to music you're wanting to see people uh you know perform it and express themselves and we do that i mean that's one thing we take a lot of pride in but it's not something that's forced we enjoy so much jumping around, doing little timed things together. Uh, and honestly, when we get put on a small stage, we have a difficult time because it's not forced. And we want to jump all over the place and, uh, you know, do crazy stuff. So it's super fun for us. And I think it comes off very naturally for the audience, too. They realize it's not a forced choreographed show. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Oh. And I was just going to add, like, as far as the live performance goes, you know, we we take pride in the fact that we don't use any kind of backing tracks at all. You know, so whenever we are putting on a live performance, like, you're not just going to be going to the show and listening to the CD. You know what I mean? 
So it it's honestly it's a little bit different than listening to a CD or listening or watching music video or, or whatever. You know, it's it's a different performance. It's a different energy, and it's just us raw. You know, doing our thing. But getting back to the comment about sometimes you get put on a small stage and it's a little bit restrictive in terms of jumping around. How do you respond to that? Is it we just got to play the hand we're dealt, or is it we actually sort of have a little bit of a plan in place for when it's a small stage? Oh, yeah. I mean, we always have a plan in place, I guess, as far as, like, certain times there's choreographed moves. I know uh, Dad and Sawyer, like, they have timed jumps at, you know, certain points in songs. You know, me and Sawyer do synchronized head banging together, you know, so there's always just kind of, like, the staples um, but, I mean, these guys, like, they don't stop moving ever. <laughs> so uh, some of it's not necessarily choreographed. It's just kind of in-the-moment type stuff. But, yeah. But for what it's worth, I can tell you that as a fan, like, I like when I know that I'm going to go see a band. And you go, oh, this is the part where the two of them are going to come together and they're going to go over here and do this thing. Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of cool that the Paralandra fans know that, okay, this is the song oh, this where, is the part. where Cassandra's <laughs> going to go over and do a little bit of headbanging. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Neat. That's fun. That's fun. Well, so again, thinking about those listeners who are just being introduced to Paralandra, Paul, how did you know that Cassandra was interested in music? Because this all happened really fast. The two of you had been writing songs and started the band to perform them, and then all of a sudden began recording within two months of forming. Well, honestly... I had been teaching a rock band class that Cassandra was a part of, kind of like School of Rock, right? And she was a guitar player only, and I finally got her to sing a song. I would not sing a song. And the reaction was unanimous from everybody. They're like, holy cow, that girl has star power. And you're like, I don't know if it's just people being polite or what. I can tell she's good. But... um, yeah, absolutely. She went off to Disney World for six months, and she was doing some songwriting. I was doing some songwriting. We were sharing a few ideas. And when she came back, we started putting those ideas together, and immediately something clicked. And I was like, you know, I don't know if it's me. This sounds kind of good. I kind of like this. And uh, we decided to put a band together and uh, perform at the local uh, fair and the audience reaction was really good, and with the songs were just so much fun to write together, and we were just having a blast. It's like, let's just kind of keep doing this, and that's how it uh, progressed so fast. So once we kind of felt green flagged into, hey, this may be a viable you know, project, and it's fun, uh, let's invest a lot of time into it and see where we can take it. And, and listeners, I should mention, when he says we played at the local fair, Paralandra is actually out of Springfield, Missouri. And so when you talk about being at the NAMM show, when you talk about going to Disney World, I mean, these are, these are trips. These aren't things that are happening right in their own backyard. I want you to just dig a little deeper, though. You were talking about that you were teaching what you said. It was ha-ha-ha, sort of like School of Rock. But was this out of your house? Was it out at a school somewhere? What was this that you were teaching? Okay, yeah, this is from Palin Music Center, where I work. Um, and so that was just kind of one of my jobs was I would teach bands and teach them how to be rock bands, you know? Okay. So um, so that, that was it, and uh, Cassandra was just back there playing guitar. She just wanted to be a guitar player. She's never wanted to be a singer. Well, and I was going to say, I don't know if the listeners heard it because she was off mic and we had the music playing in the background, but when you were talking about her playing guitar, 
you said off mic, I never wanted, I think you said I never wanted to sing. Yeah, I would not sing in front of anybody. <laughs> no, I would not do it. Uh, they like basically forced me into doing background vocals <laughs> for a few songs. I did not want to do it, but they made me, so But was that whatever. because you were a shy kid, or was it because, you know, I knew I could sing, I just didn't want to, or wh- um, why didn't you want to sing? I don't think shy would be the right word, but um, uh, I just wasn't comfortable singing in front of people, you know? Uh, I felt like I had an okay voice. I knew how to sing on key or so whatever. You sing by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I'd sing by myself. Actually, it's so funny. We have like this Christmas CD from when I was like eight years old. He did like the whole family did a song and I made him teach me how to do the recording equipment so that I, yeah, so that I could do it. I would make everybody get out of the room, close the door for me to sing this song. Here I'm like eight years old. Like, I I don't even understand. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Eight year old engineer in training. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was not about it. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, eventually, you know, they got me into doing background vocals. I got a little more comfortable with that. And then they had me sing, I think, the first song I ever sang live with Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. And so, anyway, we did that at this tiny bar in Springfield. And everybody loved it. And they were like, Sandra, there is no reason that somebody else should be singing in this band. Like, you need to be the singer. And but did you ever end up going on and taking voice lessons, or are you just... No, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, honestly, I'm very self-taught when it comes to vocals, and it took me a while to kind of really understand my own voice and uh, figure out, you know, the correct way to do some of the things that I do. You know, people ask me, how do you scream night after night and hit these crazy notes and you're still talking the next day? And it's a lot of trickery. I mean, you know, I've got I got a lot of tricks up my sleeve to, to do it the right way and not hurt myself. So a lot of trickery and a lot of throat coat, the hot tea throat coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a uh, uh, humidifier that doesn't leave my side. So that helps a lot. Well, so if you put a different spin on it, I said that this was in 2013 that the two of you had been writing songs and started the band. So I'm going to say it as it was only 2013. So how long had you been playing the guitar that obviously, you know, she was just learning guitar and we just heard about the singing. But had you been playing guitar for years and years? Uh, A long time. Like since I think I picked it up when I was about 17, somewhere around there. So yeah, and and that's all I ever wanted to be is just a guitar player, not even so much a songwriter, but I just love <laughs> playing guitar. So, well, and listeners, I do have to thank Tascam for this is the third year in a row that I'm at the Winter Nam show in Anaheim, California. Tascam is whose gear that we're using here to record this interview with Paralander, the DR44WL handheld recorder, the TM60 microphones. Thank goodness I'm wearing my Tascam headphones right now because this music that's immediately adjacent to the media center, we're just doing our best to get the conversation recorded in a way that you can hear us and not so much them. But that's exactly what Tascam is all about. They've been doing this for more than 40 years up at the Tascam booth here at the Winter Nam Show. They have more gear than you would know what to do with everything from handheld recorders to the new Model 24 mixer. They even have new headphones out that you should check out. This is all available online at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. If you haven't gone there yet, do look at the long line of recording resources available because if you're recording on your own demos, 
If you're recording a single, an EP, a full album, if you're recording your own live shows, Tascam has a solution for you. So moving along with the formation of the band, I know that Sawyer Rickard joined the band in 2016 on bass, but when Josh Poole and Nick Gray were added, how did you know them? How did, how did you get them into the band? Uh, Josh is uh, the bass player, was a friend of mine from a long ways back, and pretty much every project I've ever been involved in, Josh was the bass player. Just a great, great friend. Um, and we took him as far as he could go with it, and, uh, I mean, he is a family man. He's got, you know, young kids. And so there was a point to where it was just, you know, between family and uh, and the music. So s- still a great friend. I love the guy. Very talented. Very sweet guy. Um, and then Nick. I'll let you talk about Nick. Yeah. So Nick was um, a high school friend. We went to high school together in Rogersville, Missouri really small town <laughs> and we ran track together we actually went to state together a couple years and meanwhile I had no idea that this guy was a musician at all so it wasn't until I uh, actually came back from Disney World to play this uh, show with Cheryl Crow with my band at the time and he was like at this college campus like running around where we were playing and I was like whoa it's Nick Gray so you know I went and said hi to him and he mentioned that he played drums and I was like well dude come over let's jam sometime and you know when we brought him over for the first time we went over um a couple of the songs that my dad and I had written together and from there I mean it was just awesome you know he actually like added to the songs which was really cool we were like dang he got some ideas you know (laughs) so yeah Cassandra tell the listeners how big my eyes got when you said Cheryl Crow and you just oh yeah yeah (laughs) She just kept on talking like, you know, like Cheryl Crow is some next door neighbor who, you know, oh, it's my, <laughs> my friend's little band. That What was that about? Oh, um, so I was actually in a cover band at the time and uh, we were playing. It was a benefit. I can't remember. I feel so bad. Uh, yeah, it was a local guy. Um, I, I feel like maybe it was cancer or something like that. But it was like this huge benefit for him. And she was playing the show and they just had us do one of the opening spots, you know, because we were local. I don't even know how we got the gig. I wasn't the one that booked it. I just got a call, you know, I'm at Disney World and working or whatever, and the singer is like, hey, I'm going to need you to fly home for a couple days. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be right there. But thank you for saying I don't even remember how we get how we got it because I was going to ask you that. So instead, I will ask you, I've mentioned that you opened for Alice in Chains, Disturbed, Soundgarden. Two weeks ago, you opened for Dawkin. How are you getting all these opportunities to open for yeah, big so, names like that? Uh, the way we got Dawkin was I'm friends with uh, the booking guy over at the venue that Dawkin was playing at. I saw that they were coming through town, so I just shot an email and was like, hey, man, you know, we're in town. We haven't played locally in I don't know, four months or something like that. We would love to hop on this show if you have an opening. And uh, they actually did. They hadn't, you know, booked any openers yet. So that just kind of was good timing. Sent over our EPK and had Dawkins management approve it. And, you know, once they approved it, it was good to go. Um, As far as the other bands that we've opened for, they've all been at festivals that we've played at. And those were all booked through our management. So it was... uh, typically a buy-on scenario where we would pay to you know play at these festivals where these other huge bands were playing but i want to get back to something that you said which was you said we haven't played locally in a while so how important is it once a band gets out and does start i'm going to say touring around meaning 
out of state, we might as well say, how important is it to make sure that you're remembering to go back and play in your local market every so often? Yeah, it's very important. And, you know, we have kind of made a rule for ourselves where we never play locally uh, closer than... I don't know, four or five months in proximity. But whenever we do play locally, the shows are just insane. You know, we, whenever we were first getting started, I feel like we were really oversaturating the area because it was like, oh, well, we're playing this weekend. We're playing the next weekend. We're playing two shows this weekend, you know, and it was just constant. And you definitely have to, you know, um, oh, what's the term? Just kind of uh, just space yourself out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I guess what I was trying to say is it's important to cut your teeth at the beginning. You know, you have to play as much as possible, um, but at the same time, not oversaturate your market. So, um, yeah, we just kind of eventually started spacing it out a little bit further, you know, six weeks, and then we got to eight weeks, and, you know, now we're here playing locally like maybe two maybe three times a year maximum. But so. that's still enough, in other words, that. It, it builds anticipation. It shows we haven't forgotten about you, and you can count on there will be a crowd there waiting for us. Exactly. There will be a crowd. Yeah, they're all, you know, friends and family that have been watching us go all over the place for a while, and, you know, finally they get a chance to come and see it for themselves <laughs> since it's been a while. And, and these are the people that really were the springboard to everything that you're doing. And, uh, you know, we love and we respect these people and we owe them so much, you know. So we never forget. There's like Springfield, Missouri, Joplin, Missouri. There's kind of this little radius of places that we feel like are home. But these are the people we owe everything to. Cause but how do you how do you get them to understand that? what you just said as well as the fact that we don't take you for granted we know you're going to be here when we do play every four months but we don't take that for granted how do you get how do you make sure that they realize that level of appreciation that you have facetime (laughs) yeah i was just saying we every single time we play like we between sets or before or after the show we are talking to people we are always communicating and just telling everybody how much we appreciate them you know i've we play sometimes for like four hours at a time whenever we play at these casinos because it, it's just, yeah, they want us to play from like nine to one, you know, a lot of the time. So we'll take a few breaks. But, you know, between every single break, we're out there, we're talking to people, thanking them for coming to the show, you know, building probably, relationships. Probably thanking them from the stage, too. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> Not just on breaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lot more personal. But going out and making sure that those people feel appreciated, it's so important because really you know, they're the, the reason we're able to do what we do. It's the relationships. Well, while we're talking about live performances, Paralandra has played at a couple of, I'll call them industry events, meaning there's two particular music conferences. One was David Ivory's showcase at the Millennium Music Conference in 2015. David Ivory is a multi-Grammy winning producer. And also in 2017, you played at the Launch Music Conference. So how have you found those conferences to be in terms of how they're different from, say, playing at fairs and festivals, for example? Yeah, so um, playing at the Millennium Music Conference and at launch were both really beneficial as far as making contacts and industry uh, you know, connections, networking. That It was huge for that kind of stuff because you meet just 
everybody. You know, you constantly have to be on your A game, you know, like, and, and you can't just dismiss everybody. You know, I feel like a lot of people get big heads at these events and they want to be viewed as rock stars and that's great and all, you know, put on the persona, you know, more power to you, but you, you really have to humble yourself and, uh, think about, you know, how, how am I going to benefit from this? You know, uh, what, what connections can I make? What friends can I make? You know, that sort of thing. So next time I come through town, I can contact this person or whatever. And it's not about just like, what do I need? What can I get out of it? But I mean, truly building your contacts and building your friends list, your networking, it's huge. You can't get anywhere without it. And then in terms of actually preparing to play at them, I know the number of songs is vastly different, but is the approach to going on stage and performing any different at those conferences than it is at, I'll continue to say, fairs and festivals? Yeah, the performances, um, I mean, for us, I feel like they're not really different because we're always giving it 100% everywhere we play. Um, even if it is, you know, a tiny bar with 10 people or if it's Nam and like, you know, last night and there's a few hundred people, I mean, we are always giving it every single ounce we've got, so... Not a lot of difference, I guess. So even in front of industry people, you'll still bang heads, you'll still... Oh, 100%. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we can't help not. I mean, we've tried to hold back a few times. (laughs) Sometimes we felt like we're about to destroy the stage, you know, like fall through it because the boards are might be a little iffy. Literally has happened. And it literally has happened. (laughs) Uh, But it's not a case of like, hey, let's be a little stiff here. These are corporate people. We need to... Cassandra's shaking her head no. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, one of the things we hear more than anything, and we hear people telling, like our fans telling other people, is you've got to go see them live. Um, and I've heard, bad about, heard that about other bands as well, you know, that it's like, okay, the, the music is great, but you really need to see them live to get the full effect. And that's kind of what the reputation that we've gotten, which is cool. And, um, and it, like I said, it's natural because we just have a good time. It's a hard thing to hold that back because it's like dropping a kid in a ball pit and expecting him to just sit there. You know, <laughs> this is our ball pit You know, when we're up there. I like that. And we have a blast. Like sometimes I'll be in the middle of this crazy guitar solo and I look at the audience. Nobody's looking at me. Everybody's looking at Cassandra and Sawyer over there, like clicking their heels together and... <laughs> Doing cartwheels or whatever, I'm like, oh, geez, I don't stand a chance. That is so true. Yeah, there's a there's a few points in our set where me and Sawyer will like high five each other with our feet to the time of the music, <laughs> or we'll we'll like uh, fake kick each other in the face to the beat. Uh, I mean, it does not stop. Like, <laughs> we cannot just stand still, but. To get back to what you were saying, it does not change no matter who the audience is. Well, now I'm disappointed that we didn't get to come and see you perform yesterday. Was it was is this your first time at Nam? Yeah, yeah, it's like, first time like experience Nam performing. I mean, attending period, attending, playing. Wow. Yeah, we're wow. noobs. <laughs> well, but at the same time, you know the the opportunity that you had performing at Nam, and then you know, listeners, I want you to see a recurring theme here. I mean. There's a lot of momentum here for Paralandra. You've performed at national music festivals, including Rockfest, Dirtfest, Rocklahoma. I mentioned in the intro, South by Southwest twice. I mean, do you, I know you're excited. Do you feel that momentum? Does it fuel you and, and you just kind of rally and 
Absolutely. It's constantly building. And I mean, you know, everybody has their pits and their falls. And sometimes you kind of sit there and you're like, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, but then you get another huge opportunity. I mean, the ball just it keeps rolling. The snowball keeps getting bigger. It's great. But talk to um, when you said before about you see some of these people at these conferences that kind of get big heads. What about starting to play at major festivals like Paralandra is doing and then all of a sudden taking a bar gig? Listeners, I'm holding up air quotes because I think some people would have a tendency to say, I'm above that. I'm not going to take a bar gig anymore. And the fact of the matter is there's still bills to be paid at home. So, if Oh, the- 100%. Thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, because if it's a difference yeah. between taking that bar gig and making some money versus sitting at home watching TV, let's take the bar gig. Exactly. Yeah, we uh, we are not above bars at this point, and we know that. Obviously, it's a little bit harder to come back from playing something like that, and like, oh man, well, we just played to you know two thousand people. Now we got to go play to like a hundred. Dang. <laughs> so I mean, it it keeps us in check, but I mean, it keeps us working super hard because you know it just. You know, like I said a second ago, the ball just keeps getting bigger. It just keeps rolling, and it keeps getting better every time. So, well, And I imagine that when you are doing the bar gig, if there's already another festival on the calendar coming up, it's a little bit easier to digest that bar gig because you know three weeks from tomorrow we're playing at such and such a festival. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, awesome. And I would, I would just add to that, I get approached by a lot of musicians wondering how we fund what we do you know how do do you get on the road how do you pay bills how do you pay for you know everything that you do but i tell them you've already got what you need which is a great band you just can't ever get into that mindset that i'm above playing locally or to these clubs or casinos or whatever because that is your gold mine. I mean, that's how you can really make money. And uh, a lot of these guys are like, well, I'm only going to play my original songs, and I'm only going to play the stuff that I like. And it's like, no, you know, you, you have to sell the Big Macs. You have to sell the Whoppers. And that's how you make money. That's the other side of this business, and it is a business. So uh, until you get that, that it is a business, and you have to find ways to make money, you can either have a bake sale you can go door to door, you know, just but you already have a gold mine which is you're a great band. So find a way to use your band to make money. Yeah, I love the way that you're describing all this because if you think of the guy that works for Pizza Hut and says, "No, I'm going to stand behind the counter and I'm only going to work the register. I'm not going to wait tables and I'm not going to drive." That guy's going to work every day. I don't know that he really should be saying those things. I don't know that that's his decision to make. But when you're a musician, that is your pizza hut. That is your job. And so if it does say, you know what, I guess tonight I do have to play cover songs, even though I said I wasn't going to, just like the kid at Pizza Hut that, you know what, I guess I do have to drive tonight because Fred called in sick and now someone's got to drive. So I guess I will play that bar gig and and make the money. And then when you say, look at Paralandra, how are they staying in hotels and putting gas in their car and going to these festivals that are X miles away? That's how they're doing it. Absolutely. We work really, really hard and you check your ego at the door. If you go into being in a band and you want to take your ego with you, well, good luck. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) You just literally have to... I mean, there's floor, like you said, there's floors that need to be mopped, you know. You can't just be there uh, in the spotlight all the time. So uh, that, that's just foolish to think that. So we, we've worked really, really hard. It's not all the glamour and the Rocklahomas and, uh, you know, the huge festivals. 
there's a lot of work behind it and um so we're we're proud of that we're we're doing it the, the old-fashioned way and well, one of the quote-unquote sexy ones is South by Southwest. I know a lot of people get turned on when they hear about South by Southwest. Has that been fun to play at, though? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, the stories. I don't know <laughs> what you can put on your broadcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, super fun, super crazy. Um, if, if you can get into South by Southwest, please try, because there are a lot of industry people there. You, you will not recognize them, but they're there. And we've made a lot of great connections there, uh, a lot of great opportunities out there. But holy moly. Oh, my gosh. I just have to say, there were two shootings last time we were there. And I, was there a shooting the first time we went, too? I feel like there's been shootings every year. It just it gets real scary. And there's so many people. It will literally take you 30 minutes to walk one block because, I mean, it is just flooded. It's in. I don't even know how to describe it. It's crazy. I mean, it's fun, but it gets a little intense. You know, you might have to run for your life. It's better to be in a band than a solo act at that point. There's yeah. Strength, there's strength in numbers. Oh, my gosh. It was terrifying. <laughs> this one time, Sawyer lost his shoe because he's, like, running through this crowd. He got trampled. He's got, like, this huge scar on his shin from falling and, like... Oh, dude, it was wow. intense. Wow. <laughs> Definitely like super high highs and super low lows at South By. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shows were great. The shows we played, packed house, awesome. You know, so that was definitely the, the good side of it. Then I should say we are on location in the controlled environment of the 2019 Winterham Show here in Anaheim, California. I'm joined by Paul and Cassandra from Paralandra. Check out their official website at paralandrarocks.com. We will have a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. They are certainly on social media, so do connect with them through Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And their music is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. Keep up with the band online so you can see where and when you can see them perform live. As for this show, I do appreciate everyone who listens and subscribes, and I want to remind you that we are on all those same platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Just go to nhte.net, and there are icons there that you can click on. If you want to get in touch with the show other than through social media, you can send an email to podcast at nhte.net. If you even want to leave a voicemail message on the message line, it's 813-854-8000. Everything starts at nhte.net. The social media, you can go to the contact page or just write to podcast at nhte.net. Or again, that call-in number is 813-854-8000. I mentioned back in the intro in 2016, All Fall Down debuted, and that hit number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. Talk about momentum and excitement. That oh, speaking of South by Southwest, that's where we found out that happened. Really? We were at South by Southwest and our manager called us and he was like, guys, you are not going to believe this. The EP, it just hit Billboard and we're like freaking out. And, you know, we thought that was great. And then he called us back like five minutes and he's like, okay, seriously though, guys, it hit number one. And we, yeah, had a very awesome little celebration. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> we were stoked. It was just, I mean, it was unreal. We were so excited. So I also mentioned in the intro that in 2018, May in particular, Paralandra signed with Legend Recordings and released the EP Ascension. Just talk about all that because obviously just another great installment on the timeline of all these milestones 
for Peril Andrew and these many accomplishments, such as landing on the Billboard chart and then signing with Legend Recordings, releasing the EP? Yeah. So, I mean, it's all just kind of been a whirlwind. It, just everything has been happening so quickly. I, I can't even keep up. But yeah, um, Legend Recordings is great. Um, our uh, previous management, CB Entertainment, got us hooked up with Legend. Kind of, It's the same owner of both. So they treat us really well. They got us a great deal that's super beneficial for both of us. And so, you know, writing and releasing Ascension was, I mean, it was super smooth, super easy. And they were very helpful with us. I like that you said same owner. That's how we got connected. Because I know there's listeners who are up and comers that are saying, how do I get signed? How do I get to be with a company like Legend? So how did you get to be with him in the first place? We met Chris at the Millennium Music Conference, actually. We were talking about, you know, making connections with these wow. things. That wow. was one. Uh, we were playing at David Ivory's showcase, and we had sent out... Facebook messages. Actually, I think Nick was the one that did that. He sent out Facebook messages to everybody that he saw that was going to be there that was like doing, um, you know, uh, interviews or people that were going to be on the board answering questions or whatever. And just like, hey, we're playing at this time at this bar. And if you can make it, we would love to have you love to meet you, you know, that sort of thing. And a few people came out from few people didn't uh you know you're always going to get that but chris was one of the guys that actually said yeah okay i'll come watch you guys and came to the show and he was like you know a believer and we just kept talking after that and you know the rest is history so outstanding and fitting for us being here at nam each member of the band has many endorsements yeah we got a few <laughs> we're super fortunate um i actually we're here with get em get em straps which uh, Virginia is like the most amazing person ever. Super connected lady. So um, she's got us hooked up with, you know, straps and then um, on stage stands. They've hooked us up with tons of just like, you know, necessity gear, guitar stands, uh, mic stands, you know, that that sort of thing. And then, of course, Dean Markley strings. So those are the main ones we're repping at the moment. Fantastic. But do the two of you feel like a kid in a candy store walking around Nam here and seeing? Oh, 100%. <laughs> But has it, has it been all talking to people that you already have deals with, or have you had any conversations with anyone that you're hoping to bring on board as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a big part of what we wanted to do is to visit some of these companies that we're interested in and just kind of feel them out, you know. And then, like Cassandra said, a big thing is creating relationships and not just being like business, business, and business. But, you know, going up and meeting, hey, you're, you're the uh, – so you're the – Vice President of ESP Guitars, very cool. I love your stuff. And, uh, you know, just getting a conversation and just getting to know somebody. And I truly feel like you can get more accomplished just by finding somebody that you can connect with and get a good relationship with. Um, and then there are some guys that are kind of seeking us out um, for whatever reason. But <laughs> but anyway, it, it has been Amazing, you know. There's just so much here. It's it's almost impossible Imagine to take that, it all people in. People seeking you out, like those folks that now hear this entertainment, tracking you down out of the blue and saying, "Let's do an interview at Nam." <laughs> Very honored. Yeah, we appreciate well, it. Well, um, what about the performance yesterday? Did do you feel like that benefited you? Other than just saying we did it and actually doing it, I mean, did you make one new fan? Did you have some business person come up to you afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. We were happy to leave there saying we did it, you know, period. But uh, afterwards, we were kind of mobbed. I, I shouldn't say mobbed. That sounds 
but we, we had a lot of people uh, come up and talk to us, both uh, just fans, you know, people that had seen us for the first time, and then some producers, um, you know, management people. So it, it was really cool. Uh, so we just hung around a lot later than we expected to and made some connections. Again, just trying to find people that we vibe with, you know. Yeah. I just, I just want to add to that. It is so important to go into this not just thinking, what can these people do for me? Like building relationships, finding somebody that you have things in common with, like laughter is so important, you know, like not taking yourself too seriously. And some people, some people are just business minded and that's cool and that's their thing. But what we have found to be successful over any other method is finding somebody that you connect with on a personal level. That's true also in that some people may not be interested, like they may have a metal label, but they like you. And so they talk to this guy that they actually have a contact with. And, um, and that's kind of how we've actually like made a connection with Nick Sampson, our producer, and, and, and different things like that, how we've gotten in. It's, it's almost this guy knows this guy, and they liked us, so they talked to this other guy about us. So, you know, the, I can't understate how, good, how important it is to just be you and be a real person. Don't try to ever put on... That rock star thing, because when you're looking for those uh, industry people, they've seen it all, you know? You're not impressing them. So. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they can see right through it. Absolutely. And, and, and they would rather know the individual and not the rocker. Absolutely. Well, I did mention that three days from when we're recording this, that Paralandra will perform at the fabled Whiskey A Go-Go in what I call the greater Los Angeles area. And they also have dates scheduled in Oklahoma and Missouri. But listeners, I want you to understand... Paralandra is on the road. Brooklyn, New Jersey, Michigan, Iowa, Massachusetts, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri. Y'all have played all over. Now California is on the list. So this list is getting longer and longer of all the states that you have played in. And it sounds like that list will continue to grow. Yeah, we've got some, uh, I can't give away all the details, but we've got some really exciting tours coming up later this year that will literally take us all over the 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 u.s map anyway outstanding i I hope it brings you to florida that's all i'll say it will okay we got you okay we'll (laughs) we'll talk off air you just released a music video for the song killer queen tell the listeners about that video oh my gosh it was so much fun okay we uh we rented out this studio space that had a giant green screen half of it was green screen and the other half of it was like a huge white screen and uh, where was this? And what it was in Atlanta, Georgia, with Adrian Bieco, and she's local to Atlanta. She does, you know, photos and video for bands, typically rock bands. Um, but she just she does amazing work. We've done. Uh, we did the Back to Life music video with her as well. She actually flew to Springfield for that. Um, and yeah, then I was going to ask you, how does a band from Missouri hook up with someone from Atlanta? It was another one of those things where we um, we saw another band. I feel like maybe we saw like a photo shoot or possibly a music video and really liked what we saw. And we were just like, well, who did this? You know, this is great. And uh, saw it was Adrian shot out an email, just said, Hey, I love your work. We'd like to talk about working together. You know, tell me 
about yourself and we just hit it off immediately. Adrian is like one of my favorite people in the world. She's amazing. And so for Killer Queen, this time you went to her instead. Yep. So this time we went to her, found a studio space in Atlanta. Um, it was just absolutely huge and it was a lot of fun because this was our first storyline music video. So we actually got to get into character and do the costumes and brought in a couple actors as well. So it, it was a totally new experience for us and we absolutely loved it. Well, and listeners, certainly you're going to want to go and look for that video, but we're going to close by playing that song. Before we let the two of you go, do talk all about the song itself, Killer Queen. Oh, man, (laughs) how much time you got. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess in short, Killer Queen is a song that was written in less than 24 hours, written and recorded in less than 48. Um, We were at the studio uh, recording you know, the uh, the entire Ascension EP, we brought like, I want to say 12 or 13 songs, knowing that we would record five. And he chose a few. And, you know, we would like take a chorus from this, take a verse from that. Um, but eventually he was like, you know, what? OK, so we've got this. I want you to write a song, just a brand new song. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I brought you 12. (laughs) I was a little pissed, but that was cool. Definitely respect his opinion. So I was like, all right, well. I got to write a song. So here we go. Um, And just so happened, I was going through some personal relationship stuff where I just felt like I was not being treated the way that I deserved. You know, I felt like I was worth a lot more than what I was receiving at the time. And, you know, it was really intense for me. And so I these things were happening like right whenever we got in the studio. So it was very fresh and very raw. So we said, you know, we need to record a new song i came up with killer queen that night uh in its entirety and brought it to him the next day laid down you know the uh the guitar tracks laid down scratch vocals and then uh after that we just kind of like polished it up changed a few lyrics here and there you know whatever but it was a very very quickly written song very emotional <laughs> well if fun. this was a sporting event i would say that it has just gone into overtime because i thought that was going to be the last question but now there's like a couple of follow-ups <laughs> that have come to mind so first let me instead tell the listeners that if you're a guitar player you need to be looking at boulder creek guitars which is the guitar that i play and that's not the reason you should look at it you should look at it because of the great sound that it brings boulder creek guitars are played by artists that you probably would never imagine but if you get on their website and look at their artist roster a lot of them have been on this show dave jenkins from pablo cruz he's been on this show and talked about his experiences with boulder creek guitars as have bass players because boulder creek makes guitars basses and ukuleles bass players like justin emmerd from 11 to 38 who's here at nam bass players like chris donahue who plays with emmy lou harris bass players like mick mahan who plays with pat benatar And look at that artist roster on their website. Players from Fleetwood Mac, from Three Doors Down, country star Lee Bryce, he plays a Boulder Creek guitar. All of this is at bouldercreekguitars.com, B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com, or just look for their logo on our website, nhte.net. Click on that logo to go over to their website. So, Cassandra, when you said you had 12 or 13 songs... And we knew we were going to get it down to five. The first thing that comes to my mind is why? Why wouldn't you just keep all 12 or 13 and release a full album? Well, we, it, it was money, really, to be honest. I mean, we had saved up, I don't know, I don't know the exact number, but we'd saved up enough money to do five songs, basically. Okay. Okay. You know, and so we decided 
it was just time we needed to release something new. It had been like two years since we had released All Fall Down. And we were like, you know, we just need to get something out there right now. So that's what we had to work with. Um, and we just decided, you know, an EP would probably be a good way to go. Because, you know, if we've got this catalog of a bunch of songs, we can just pick out, you know, five bangers. And just throw those out there and do the most that we could with each of them. Okay, but then what happens with the seven or eight that don't make the cut? Where did those go? Did they just go into the Paralandra catalog that someday we may do something with those? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a few songs we still play live, like, every single time we've got a gig. They've never been recorded. But they're, you know, set staples. So, which is a which is a good incentive to get people to come out to shows yeah. because they say if you actually go see them live, you'll hear a couple songs that you can't get anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, it's so kind of funny and sad because we've got fans that you know they were pulling so hard for certain songs that they hear live all the time and they didn't end up getting recorded and i'm like oh i'm so sorry you know (laughs) we had to choose five and there's so many to choose from so i think eventually some of the songs that were you know up for the choosing i guess will probably eventually get recorded but when you mentioned about that you were told you need to write a new song and you sat down and wrote it that night was that a fluke or do you actually respond well under pressure and, and that wasn't that big a challenge for you to write something so fast? I think it depends on my mood for sure. Since I was going through something that was like really intense for me, it was easy. I mean, I was like, I got inspiration right here. You know, let's put it all on paper. I've got a hundred lyrics. Let's choose some, you know? (laughs) So that was, that was not hard at all for me. Um, it was actually really therapeutic to be honest. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess I, I do think that I respond well under pressure. I'm have been, you know, judged whether it's sports or music my entire life, you know, I've kind of grown up just performing. So pressure is not really a thing for me but if life was on autopilot it maybe might have been a little bit bigger challenge to write that fast instead probably of the situation yeah because sometimes you just don't know where to draw inspiration from just happened that you know i was going through something where i had a lot of inspiration so i worked out but being that that was so personal for you did you sit down and write it all yourself or did you get with paul and say okay i got this idea let's hurry up and work this out while it's fresh in my head yeah it was all me wow wow <laughs> I had like one little riff that we had come up with for another song we were working on right before we went into the studio. We had kind of mostly finished this song, but all that went, my only contribution was this one little riff, but the rest of it is Cassandra. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. We were working on a song. We, I don't think we've touched it since we recorded Killer Queen because, you know, we used the riff or whatever. But, yeah, we had something that we were kind of working up before we went to the studio. So I think it was the chorus chords that we ended up using. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, uh, we came up with this chorus thing and played it for him. And he's like, all right, I can work with that. So, yeah. I'm curious. Are you still a runner? I mean, I guess I go to the gym, but (laughs) definitely not a track star anymore. Well, there was something that you said a minute ago about the way that you're always performing. Oh, yeah. It made me harken back to when you said about someone that you used to run with. And so I thought maybe even if it's just for exercise, maybe you're someone that, yeah, I go out for a two mile run every day or whatever it is. Yeah, I am. Well, I guess if we're going to really dive into it, I did gymnastics (laughs) for like 10 years so wow. performing has always been in my blood, wow. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
But then it was volleyball, and then it was track. And uh, even when I was in track, I was not much of a runner. I was a jumper. I was definitely a fielder. <laughs> so I didn't like to run a lot. But, I mean, even still, you know, I, I go to the gym daily, if not every other day, if my schedule allows, and do, like, 30 minutes of cardio. It makes me feel better. Were there people back then that could have foreseen that you were going to turn into who you are? Or did everybody think, oh, she's going to go on and just always be some sort of athlete? You know what? You answer this one. Yes. Like, my best friend always used to tell me, and this is before, like, she ever sang, was like, as soon as she breaks out her secret weapon, that voice of hers, just just watch what happens. And I was always like, what are you even talking about? So I, I never quite, you know, knew, but he kind of always did. And also, um, she was voted in her class as most likely to become a rock star. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh <laughs> so there is that senior senior awards. <laughs> so despite gymnastics, despite uh, track, and despite there was a third volleyball, volleyball yeah. it was all kind of yeah. This is just passing the time. It, it, eventually, this is all going to go away, and it's going to be music. Yeah, I mean, I was just I was so devoted to sports, you know, growing up that I didn't really get a lot of time to devote to, to music until I graduated. You know, so that's whenever I got into that first, you know, rock band that he was teaching when I was like 17 or 18 years old. And that was like the first time I really, you know, dipped my feet into being in a band and just fell in love with it. Outstanding. Paul and Cassandra from Paralandra, uh, really appreciate your time. Great to meet you both. And thank yeah. you for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I'm glad you reached out and, you know. Got my email. I decided to respond. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised at the ones that didn't write back. It always amazes me. But it's, it's their loss and, and Paralandra's gain. Uh, all the best with the Whiskey A Go-Go show in a few nights. I'm sure that'll be a, a, another great entry on the timeline for the band. Cannot wait. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Plus, we get to play again with our friends from Tantric that we just came off uh, a tour with uh, in the fall. So it would be great to play with those guys again. Outstanding. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Paul and Cassandra from Paralandra. Visit their official website at paralandrarocks.com and then engage with them on social media. That means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them that you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that their music is available to stream or to purchase. I, I recommend that you purchase it. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, they are everywhere. Keep up with the band online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. Remember to engage with our show through social media or through email. Just go to nhte.net and there are icons that you can click on there for our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Or you can just write to podcast at nhte.net. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Paralandra. This is the one they talked about called Killer Queen. Killer Queen.